right, just relax. The show's going to start. Everything's going to be fine. Nobody's going to die. Our pets' heads aren't fucking falling off. Hit start. This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? It's Tom. Thursday, March 31st, 2022. Bro, yeah, I jacked my back up severely somehow. Well, I know exactly how I did it. Bohica. So, yeah, we put in this sex swing in the bedroom. Right. No, it's not true. <laughs> it's almost embarrassingly trivial how I tweaked my back. So I have two big closet doors in my bedroom, right? Right. And it's colder, and so the doors aren't swollen, you know, so they're really light. Did you say swollen? Shut up. I'm trying to tell a story. My bad. Don't talk to me Sorry. until you're 25. Right. Um, so the door was open a little bit because it doesn't stay closed. I thought the door was closed. I turned around and walked into my open closet door and tweaked my back the other night. That sucks. And now it's just so thanks for sounding so caring. Yeah, it's terrible, bro. Sure. Um, and now my back just like hurts. Like that, it, it feels like, you know, it, does anybody know what a sciatic is? Like the lower left or lower right part of my back is just like I've got that little spot. Uh-huh. But have you ever done that? Have you ever walked into something and just been like, uh? Yeah, I think we've all done that. You need, to call, you need a masseuse? You need to call some people in for a massage? Yes. There used to be this little Thai massage shop in Walnut Creek. And this lady was maybe four feet tall and she might have weighed 50 pounds. Right. But she would walk on my back, and it was the greatest thing ever. Those don't exist in Salt Lake City. No, they don't. No, they do not. Nope. So I go to the joint in Daybreak, the chiropractor in Daybreak. And he does a good job. He does. Anyway. Hi, Jake. Hello. How are you doing today? Just fine. How are you? I'm fair to mid-range. Good. Um, obviously, we're going to talk a little jazz basketball today. The uh, I want to call it the lake show, but it's more like the shit show is in town tonight from L.A. Uh, as the Jazz come home looking to end a five-game losing streak. Uh, they are one in five in their last six. We'll talk uh, about that. Um, Jake had an emotional, crying, sobbing moment over Will Smith yesterday. Uh-huh. Are you over that now, or are you still no, a little I'm misty? I'm not sure. Uh, you know, it was it was hard to get up and, you know, go through my day, you know, and I didn't even get slapped he by Will hard. Smith. He you said know? hard. Yeah. You know, so it's hard. Right. All right. <laughs> um, did Tom Brady fire Bruce Arians? And do you care about Tiger Woods? The Masters is one week away. Uh huh. So we have all that to talk about. But let's just spend 15, 20 minutes. Can we not do an hour of like emotional wear me out jazz talk? Can we not? I want to thank me for having no days off. Yeah, there are some days where we talk jazz and I just feel like I'm gaping afterward. Yeah. And I just don't want <laughs> Whatever. That would. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I think we all feel that way. I think we'll feel that way uh, when the season's over, too. Okay. That's fine. James Knight says, what's up, guys? Uh, Brandon Whiteside says, fly in the masseuse. Exactly. Hey, guys. Hey, Deshaun, can I get a referral? Cody Strickland, yeah, exactly. Cody says, can we not talk about the jazz today? I'm sick of you guys being right 99.9. <laughs> Q. 
keep it real. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, you know. Um, Q Sam says Will Smith is entitled absolute disgrace. Yeah. Trade Rudy Gobert and Mike Conley, Harold Cuevas says. Uh, Pickles don't go on salad says good morning. Why are we going to argue over this? Yes, they do. I ate I ate bread and butter pickles Donnie, on a, on a romaine salad last night, in fact. Yeah, that's not a topic we should argue By the way, with. Mrs. Monty's out of town today. Uh-huh. Are we going to... Oh, you're going to be with your girlfriend. No, I'm not, actually. I'll be alone no, by I'm myself. I'm not I'm not working you know. tomorrow. I don't think we're... Are we doing a show tomorrow? You're not working tomorrow? No, we're not working tomorrow. We're going snowboarding tomorrow. You didn't know this? Oh, is that... Is that <laughs> I mean, you know, I just live here. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah, I don't. You know, so we're not working tomorrow's F Dom. Who cares? You okay? Yeah. Friday. Apparently, we're going snowboarding tomorrow. So are we going to stay up all night and play Call of Duty yeah. and drink Mountain can Dew? Somebody, can somebody, uh, you know, airdrop us some Mountain Dew pallets? By the way, okay? we're way off the fucking rails today. But by the way, did you see that Mountain Dew is banned in nine countries in Europe now because well. it has it has. One, I saw one thing the other day on, on like Medline or whatever that talked about how Mountain Dew diet and regular Mountain Dew has uh, certain characteristics that eat holes in your colon. That's fucking interesting, man. So they don't allow you to drink it wow. in nine countries in Europe. Wow. You know how much Mountain Dew I've had in my life playing Call of Duty? Mountain Dew and Doritos at the same time. Oh, my God. Definitely do a show tomorrow, Cody Strickland says. If they lose to the Lakers, I ain't showing up tomorrow. I'm yeah, just dude, telling you that right now. Uh, <clears throat> you know. Yeah. Q Sam says, what do you guys think of Formula One coming to Las Vegas? I love it. You know, I sent a uh, Instagram post to my wife of the track. They have an outline of the track on their F1 account. And she made a really good point. Where's the paddock going to be? My what? This is who my wife is. The paddock is where the pit stops are for all of you casuals on F1. <laughs> okay. You're right. casual. See you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> um, my wife is a stud. Uh, she's amazing. I, yeah, I think it's amazing. That track is going to be fun. They're going to race on the Las Vegas Strip. It's it's crazy. It really is. Uh, Rudy Sanchez says, "Morning, fellas. Can't wait for the off season. This Jazz team needs some new spark." I agree. Jordan A says, "Morning, guys." Morning. Jonathan Ponce says, "Can we trade GMs and owners?" Ryan Smith is not a bad owner. I mean, he's just jacked the whole thing up, but that's fine. Uh, James Knight says, Rip City, good vibes. Zero, zero. That's a Joe Ingles reference. Yeah. Hey, wow. where's my 4X gold? Yeah. James, you still owe me a case of 4X gold. They're not trading Jingle and Joe. No oh, way. Cincinnati. The point guard is not going anywhere. Is he still in Paul George's head? By the way, does Joe Ingles still play for the Jazz? <clears throat> Believe you owe me a case of 4X gold, and I want my beer, and I want it now. Never. Anyway, we're coming back to Australia. My wife is dead set on it. Uh, Gabe Levely says, my dudes, appreciate you both. Stop posting pictures of Maui, Gabe. Nobody cares. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's it, Skippy. <laughs> so Gabe, the other day, I think it was, um, posted a picture of, like, a, a turtle underwater, and it's the most amazing thing. Like, yeah. That's little moments, little moments like that will are transformative. Maui's amazing. It is the best it island. Is. And by the way, Gabe Ledley's kid hit a home run the other day. Yeah. Stud, dude. Don't forget Stud. the don't forget the little people. Well, I'm not little, I'm fat, but you, Facts. I mean not like physically statured, like you, it has nothing to, the body fat percentage is genetic. 
anyway. And kick a person when he's down. Don't forget the little people when, when your kid's a major leaguer and I want spring training tickets. Don't forget Uncle Monty. Anyway, all right. Should we talk about the Jazz now? We've delayed for yeah, yeah, nine we, minutes. Let's let's do as little as possible on the Jazz. Talk. Okay, so uh, let's do as little as possible. Um, interesting notes yesterday. So um, talking to my guy at the Jazz, which I do pretty much after every game, we kind of have gotten into a circadian rhythm. Um, which the is, rhythm method. You know, don't take your jeans off, folks. Um so we've kind of gotten into like a little rhythm of talking after games. And um, my dude at the Jazz was telling me yesterday that there is Rudy Gobert fatigue. And that there is a frustration with Rudy that his post-game comments continue to go directly at his teammates. And one of the conversations we need to have about the Jazz is the, the worst word in sports, Effort. Because one of the things that Rudy Gobert has continued to rail his teammates for is a lack of effort defensively. Jake, do you think the Jazz do not try hard on defense? I mean, I think some nights it's 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 night to night. I mean, I think that, you know, against the Clippers, they were clearly trying hard on defense. Now, they weren't playing great defense, but I think the effort was there, you know. And, and I think that's two separate things, you know. Playing good defense and trying to play good defense is two different things. And I think that most nights... Uh, against good teams, the Jazz bring their level best on defense. You know, I, I think that the Jazz do have a bad habit of playing down to their competition, like, you know, when they play Houston or, you know, when they play whoever it might be. You know, the bad teams in the league, they they don't they, they don't put in the best the best effort that they possibly could. But I think the problem here is that, you know, you have a guy in Rudy Gobert who's a defensive player of the year award, you know, three times now or whatever it is, and he's trying to call it his teammates for a lack of effort, but he's the front line of of the defense, you know, and, and his effort has to be has to be consistent. And I think there are a lot of times where he's more concerned about bitching at officials than, you know, making a difference in the game. And I think that's the problem. I I, I think that, you know, Rudy also has, you know, as we talked about yesterday, has, you know, complained that the team isn't tough enough, yet he's one of the softest players in the NBA. And that's not just us saying that. There are a lot of people who say that. So I just think that the the core issue for Rudy and these comments and everything, one, is that they're negative comments. They're, they're not, they're not, you're not building your teammate up. You're not giving him credit for what he's doing already. Um, you're just tearing him down, number one. But then number two, they're hypocritical comments. You know, it's one thing to criticize your teammates. You know, it's like it, like Kobe, for example. Kobe can push his teammates. Michael can push his teammates. LeBron can push his teammates because they're the best, the best damn player in the league. You know, and there's accountability there. You can say, hey, you have to do more because, well, you're doing like, you know, Devin Booker's doing more. You know, Rudy's not that guy. Rudy is not in a position to say, hey, I need you guys to be tougher, even though I'm not tough. You can't do that in sports, in athletics. So I just think that that is the core issue of the Rudy Gobert, you know, quote unquote fatigue, if you will. So do you buy? Do you buy that there's Gobert fatigue? I mean, is that? Yeah, I, I think it's, it's real. I, it's, I, but it, when you say it's real, and I, I guess this is my question: like when when I think of Rudy Gobert fatigue, yeah, what I think of is this guy's a pain in the ass, and I'm tired of listening to him. And he's not good. Like, is That's that the a, problem. It, but wait, it, it, he is good. No, but he's not good enough then to be doing what he's doing off the court. Is that I I get it. Good and good enough are two different things. He's not a bad player, 
but he's not good enough. You're not good enough to call out your teammates. You're not. Uh, you're not. You're not that guy. All jokes aside, like the old saying, right? You're not that guy, pal. Well, you're not that guy, pal. Like you're. That's not who Rudy <laughs> Gobert is. Like I'm sorry. Like you're not the guy that's getting the ball for game-winning shots. You're not the guy that decides whether your team wins or loses on a nightly basis. Too often, you're the guy who is is developing a poor relationship you know, for your team with the officials. Too often, you're the guy that wants to dance with Miles Turner, right? Too often, you're the guy that gets too emotional on the floor, and the other team knows that, and it causes problems for your team. So I'm sorry if that's unpopular, but that's the case, you know? And if you're going to... If you're going to talk a bunch of junk after the game to your teammates and be negative and be that guy, you better be backing it up on the floor. You're you, not you, that guy, pal. You better be 30, 30, 30 points, 20 boards guy, and you're not. Joel Embiid is that guy. Nikola Jokic is that guy. You're not. Yeah, but here's here's the problem. He's not wrong. Rudy Gobert is not wrong that the Jazz are soft. Rudy Gobert is not wrong that they're not good defensively. Here's what he is wrong about, saying those things out loud after your fifth straight loss. And again, history repeated itself against the Clippers. The best thing to say at that point is nothing at all. You have a guy in Rudy Gobert who just talks too much. And as it was described to me, Rudy Gobert is continuing to isolate himself from his teammates by making these comments. And this would be akin to somebody like a DeAndre Ayton calling out the Phoenix Suns. Um, this would be akin to, a, you know, a Kavan Looney calling out the Suns. The difference with Rudy is he's not Devin Booker. He's not a guy like a Draymond Green who calls out his teammates, but they respect him. He's a proven winner, and Rudy Gobert is not. And I think the issue is, and when we talk about isolationism and we talk about, you know, is he wrong or right? You're always wrong when you do that, especially in the heat of the moment after another loss. The soft thing is interesting. I agree with you on this a hundo P brah, is that they are soft and Rudy Gobert is one of the biggest reasons the Utah Jazz are soft. But what he's doing in the post game is exactly why they're soft. And this is what he doesn't understand. He thinks that going into the post game press conference and 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 saying a bunch of shit about his teammates is gonna be is gonna be leadership. That that is that that is how you lead people. I got news for you. That's not how you lead people, right? The way you lead people is, hey, it's you. It it's it's my teammates won this for us. It's all them. But when things are going sideways and they're going south, it's me, right? That's leadership. You're 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 not. Rudy Gobert doesn't understand how to be a leader. He doesn't understand what it takes to, first of all, what's required to even call yourself a leader, but then when you have that, what's required to actually lead your team, you know? Again, I use this example all the time on the show. Whether we're talking about the jazz in the NBA, whether we're talking about office life, your your household culture, whatever, anything in life where where humans are involved, leadership happens in every single moment, every single conversation. Right, the person who's leading is doing the performance and doing what what you're not doing. Yes. And the problem with Rudy Gobert is he's he's he doesn't ha he can't say that he can't say that he is the true reason why the Jazz win or lose games. Is he the true reason why they have a, a good defense and they're really good defensively in the paint? Yes, yes, he can say that.
But when you really boil it down, even for the Rudy Gobert supporters, I'm pointing this at you. When you really boil this down, I think we can all agree that Rudy Gobert is not the reason they win or lose games. And the reason I'm leaning on this is to get to the point that because you're not the reason your team win or loses games, you can't go into the post game and rip your teammates, and Thank then you. and then go into the locker room and isolate yourself and and do the. It's like a whole motif almost. It's like you're you're acting and causing drama and and all this nonsense. So that's why I say, as much as I've leaned on Donovan Mitchell to step his leadership game up, it's now becoming very clear that there are two locker rooms in one with this Utah Jazz Absolutely team. Absolutely right. And and that's the problem. And Absolutely that's and that right. is, for all the roster shortcomings, that's why they're losing games. They're not playing together. And that's the difference between this team even and even last year's team. Even though they lost in the second round, last year's team was way freaking better than this team is. Well, and I, I think the, the, the reason they're losing is not talent. The reason they're losing is division, a lack of chemistry. And I, I think that we've talked about this for going on four months now, that there is serious division in this locker room. And it's a lot of it has to do with Rudy Gobert. And, and I actually think it is probably 90-10 in that locker room that are split. I mean, I, I just don't think Rudy is close to his teammates. Um, I don't know that people in that locker room hate Rudy Gobert. I think they don't respect him. And that's much, much worse. Like, if I hate you, but I respect you, if I'm Tony Kukoc and I hate Michael Jordan, but I respect him, hey, I'm good with that. Shaq and Kobe. If Yeah, I, I'm good with that, right? But ultimately, it always leads to a breakup. And I think that's what you're going to see with this team. And I think half the fan base is going to be Team Rudy, and the other half is going to be um, Team Don. And I think we're always going to look back on this the same way that Laker fans look at Kobe and Shaq, that you wreck something very good. And I'm not saying that Don and Rudy are Kobe and Shaq because they're certainly not. They are missing one obvious thing, and that would be championships. And But what I am saying is this is arguably as talented as a group that the Jazz um, have had in the modern era, uh, post-Stockton and Malone. Um, you're looking at guys in Rudy and Don that are two of the most talented players in the history of this organization. But they don't like each other. They're not friends. They don't get along. They don't have chemistry. And when you're best of the best, it's funny. We were talking about this before the show. Yeah. Whether it's in sales or whether it's in the NBA, when the best of the best step up and say, hey, this is great. Let's do this. Nine out of 10 of those people behind them are going to follow. When the best of the best say, hey, this sucks and this is terrible and you guys are pathetic, you're killing morale. You're killing any kind of hope that that this team can succeed because you are almost projecting failure onto the organization before you even ever dribble a basketball. When you're negative like that and you say that the issue that I have with Rudy and this defensive stuff is that he's questioning people's effort. And I see effort. I don't see capability. And that's a huge difference. Royce O'Neal tries hard. I am not a buckets or bench guy. I'm not. Royce O'Neal tries hard. He plays hard. He's not capable. Mentally, he's not capable. Physically, he's probably capable, but he gets in his own way. I look at a guy in Boyan Bogdanovich. He plays hard. He's not capable of playing defense in the NBA because he doesn't have lateral movement. That's not an effort problem, Dick. That is, hey, they're not capable, right? And the other thing that was so directly pointed out to me yesterday, um, and I actually think this conversation... The interesting part about this is 
is that people listen to this show and react to it on a regular basis. Like the things we don't tell you guys about who reaches out to us and who we talk to. And it would, I think it would shock you, the number of peeps, people that listen to this show. What's interesting is we said on the show yesterday that Rudy Gobert's pick and roll defense has been a point of contention in the locker room. Like there was frustration back in January, February, and then leading right up into the, the calf injury where he missed those games. He just is not a guy that works intelligently out of the paint defensively. Mm -hmm. I think Rudy Gobert wants to be a really elite defensive player out of the paint. He just is not. I just think mentally he's not there. So against the Clippers, Luke Kennard goes four or seven from three. And I said yesterday, I know this is a bone of contention with his teammates, specifically Donovan Mitchell. When Donovan Mitchell is involved in the pick and roll defensively, almost universally, Rudy Gobert will not step up and try and, sh and shut down that three-pointer. He won't. And notice when Rudy Gobert and Mike Conley are defending the pick and roll, Rudy pushes up and works much harder. Watch that on watch that in the Laker game tonight because teams pick and roll the the Jazz to death. And I might I might be making too much out of it. That play where Rudy Gobert the three times Rudy doesn't step up on the pick and roll, Luke Kennard was 2 of 3 on those. Yeah. And after the game, he he did not want to take accountability for that. And I think that grinds on his teammates, especially when he's saying that they don't work hard defensively. Well, what are you doing on the pick and roll, Rudy? You're not working hard, it does not appear. Is anybody calling you out in the media for that? Is anybody talking about your lackluster performance defensively against the pick and roll in the three-point line? No, they're not. Why is that? Because that's not what good teammates do. That's not what good leaders do. Donovan Mitchell talks about himself. Quinn Snyder talks about himself. That's what leadership is. The problem with this team is not Donovan Mitchell. I'm telling you, the problem with this team is they're just not a close-knit group, so they don't like playing together anymore. That's my honest opinion. Yeah. I think these guys don't enjoy playing together anymore, and now it's become a plague. You don't blow 25-point leads repeatedly. You don't blow double-digit leads repeatedly if you like the guy standing next to you and you're playing hard for him and that you're playing for something other than yourself. Because that's what you're seeing out of Rudy Gobert. With the, with it, and I know that James Knight is probably going to lose his penis over this. but like I'm, his peen? His please. peen, excuse me. My bad. He's probably going to shave his pube fro over this. Right. Rudy Gobert does not play hard for his teammates. He is a selfish player. There's no question about that. When he blocks a shot, you will see him like flex down and let down. The other night, he blocked a shot against the Clippers and immediately it turned into a layup because he let down. Rudy Gobert is, is, a, is a selfish player. Donovan Mitchell in a lot of situations is a selfish player. The difference is he scores 30 points every night. The difference is when he's selfish, he gets to the rack. Yep. Right? When guys like Jordan Clarkson are selfish, it's a problem because the ball doesn't go in the hole. Jordan Clarkson's an afterthought. Donovan Mitchell is, is the guy. Yeah. So there's a big difference. All right, let's get your comments in here because I'm sure there's a lot of them. Um, and let's see if actually my fruition came true that, um, you know, he shaved his pube pro. Uh, he's, he hasn't commented yet. Uh, <laughs> James says, you guys are relentless on Rudy. Yep. It's not, but see, it, we're not relentless on Rudy. We're relentless on the facts. 
the issues with this team. I, I All I can say is when Donovan Mitchell's a problem, what do we talk about? Donovan Mitchell. When Bagsnatchevich is a problem, we talk about Boyan Bogdanovich. When Mike Conley can't make a floater to save his life. We talk about Mike Conley. The problem is that more often than not, Rudy Gobert, and it's not that his play on the floor is that much of a problem. Rudy Gobert is grinding on people in the locker room. It becomes a problem when you talk a bunch of shit in the postgame presser yeah. about your teammates. Yes. That's the issue. You know, I, I get it. Hey, you know, I turn on the show, and every day you guys are leaning on Rudy. Last night, Draymond Green. They're playing the Phoenix Suns, the best team in the NBA. Yeah. Otto Porter is in the wrong spot on a pick and roll. It leads to – Otto Porter is supposed to slide up the floor, set a pick, slide off. It's a rub screen. He's supposed to slide up off yeah. the rub and shoot a three-pointer. He never – he set the screen and then stood there. He didn't slide up. Draymond threw the pass where Otto was supposed to be and the ball went out of bounds. Draymond jumped up and down, but then during the timeout, ESPN came back and there was a shot of Draymond Green and Otto Porter standing next to each other with Draymond Green's hand on Otto's shoulder talking to him about that. And very clearly, Draymond Green is telling him, hey man, we need you to slide up. That's what the play calls for. I, I'm imagining he's saying, I'm, I'm, I throw that pass to you because we're looking for you to hit a knockdown three there. You know, like they're talking through it. When Rudy Gobert does something like that, like, I mean, how many times have we seen this year where he'll yell and scream at, at it's usually Royce O'Neal. Yeah. He'll yell and scream at Royce O'Neal. And then in the locker room, from what I'm told, he does that all over again. And he'll point out Donovan. He'll, like Rudy Gobert is going after Donovan. He's going after uh, Royce O'Neal. And everybody's like, oh, well, that's what leadership is, calling guys out. The problem is you're not wrong. Accountability is absolutely important. But when you won't take that accountability in return for things like the pick and roll, this obsessive idea, apparently one of the other issues with Rudy Gobert is that he is absolutely, he believes he should get the ball in the post. He believes that they should run sets for him to get the ball in the post. And his teammates don't want to throw him the ball in the post. It's a very low percentage opportunity. I mean, frankly, if you throw Rudy Gobert the ball in the post with his back to the basket, it's probably a turnover or a kick out. Yeah. But Rudy doesn't believe that. Rudy thinks he can wheel and deal into the paint and dribble and score, and that just that's got to be a 20% look. Yeah. So guys don't want to throw him the ball there. And he grinds on that. I, I, I need the ball. I want the ball. And his teammates won't throw him the ball in anything other than a lob if you really watch the way they play. Yeah. So my point is, James, it's not that we're constantly obsessing over Rudy. Rudy's the issue is one of the major issues on this team. Rudy Gobert is a major, major issue. Money changes people, man, I'm telling you. Um, here's Brandon Whiteside. He says, here's the problem. We are about we are about in the playoffs. I don't care anymore about the feelings. Either time to win or their legacy as a team is not focused on winning. That's true. Spencer Morgan says, gaping. Wow. What do you mean? Me? What? Spence, come on. James Knight said, if Rudy used the word we in his post-match interviews, it would serve him better. Oh, my God, yes. Yeah. That's a phenomenal but point. But, again, and, and I'm not trying to be an asshole about it, for lack of a better word. He didn't. Yeah. Right? He didn't. I mean, That's right. you're, you're totally right. If he would just say, 
yeah, you know, we have to be better. It's like what Frank Vogel said when the Lakers lost, uh, what was it they blew? It was like earlier in the week. I can't remember exactly. Jake, that's all they do is blow and like, lose. You know, like <laughs> they lose and Frank Vogel in the post game is like, yeah, we got we got outperformed. The coaches, the players, everybody. Yeah. that I mean, that's what you have to do, but Rudy doesn't do that. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Uh, Spencer Morgan says, would like to point out that Danny Ainge has traded a coach before. This is a good point. This is a good point. Um, how much of this falls on Quinn uh, to galvanize the group? I, I think here's the truth about Quinn Snyder. Quinn's at fault, heavily at fault here. And I, I'll, I'll just keep saying this until they make a major deal. Ryan Smith is at fault. Quinn Snyder's at fault. Justin Zanuck's at fault. This really isn't on the players. 99% of this is is a result of poor roster construction and bad decisions over the last 12 months. You're putting guys in positions to do things that they're not able to do. That's right. You're asking them to do things. You're asking Boyan Bogdanovich. You're you're allowing Craig Bowlerjack and Holly Rowe to continually say in the broadcast that Royce is a lockdown defender when he is not. You are continuing to have Holly Rowe wax poetic about how elite Rudy Gobert is as an offensive player because he leads the, the league in screen assists. I'm telling you, you can put a monkey out there and run pick and roll with Donovan Mitchell, and he's going to knock that three down. It's an important stat. I'm not saying it's insignificant. I'm not saying that Rudy Gobert isn't isn't great at setting screens. It's not unique to him. It is not unique to him. What I'm telling you is this offense is set up to to shoot pick and roll threes. That's what this team does, much to its its benefit. But holy crap, much to its demise. Yeah. Right? A lot of the issues that we're seeing manifest themselves now are because Quinn Snyder bur- has, has, has burnt his flame with this group of guys. Now, the truth is, this group of guys shouldn't still be together. Yeah, I mean... The they truth, should have blown this thing up after the bubble, if we're really being fail. honest. They're set up... To, I mean, again, not intentionally, but, but yeah. with the roster construction and where the money is at, it's not set up to succeed. And, and, and that's what I think needs to be said. I mean, again, there's so many storylines within a season and, and how players, you know, handle things yes. or whatever. But I think that the overreaching point is just that this roster is not a championship roster. <laughs> That's what we've been saying for two years. You know, I, I even think we've been saying that since the bubble, honestly. But, you know. Yep. Uh, look at Barry sending us a direct message. Oh, this will be fun. Uh, let's see. No, I go. need to read this because Barry's another. Can can we just make a law real quick? By the way, yeah. can somebody get uh, where where is our guy, uh, the Twitter orange twit uh, tangerine t- Twitter machine? Uh, can somebody call Donnie and have him make a law that vanishing mode is bullshit and we need to get rid of it? Please, Donnie, please. All right. Um, Barry says, uh, Monty, I've been listening the the last two years to this show on the jazz and you guys are right. 99.9% of the time. I'll give you credit for that. Cause I used to think you guys were clowns, by the way, you look great. How's the diet going? Oh, thank you. Wow. Barry with a nice message. Holy shit. Wow. It's the fucking Vernal Equinox. Yeah, what, what happened? What the hell is that? Are you that, kidding? Dude? Um, the diet's going great. I, I went over my calories. I had 2,800 calories yesterday because, um, I'm frankly, I made a salad and had ranch dressing and I shouldn't have had ranch on it, but ranch has like a gazillion calories and much to your problem there, Jerko. Right. Um, I had a teaspoon of, I, I, I discovered one of the greatest snacks ever last night, a banana, put a, put a banana, slice it up in a bowl. Pour yogurt on top of it and put a teaspoon of, of Jif All Natural peanut butter on it. 
Jeez Louise, that is good. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That is good. So I almost had like, I think I had 3,100 calories yesterday or something like that. Diet's going good. I've lost 30 pounds. Like, I'm I'm happy with it. Uh, Let's keep going. Uh, Leonard Donnan Endelov says, love the show, guys. Um, Don needs a great second star. Hopefully, he gets one. I would agree. Spencer uh, says, the Rudy fatigue is real. You can see it in the... You can see it in the player's body language. My, is this team not got the worst body language? By it the does. way, it does, and I and I think Hassan hasn't helped that. I think that I I, I think that no, there's not a lot at of all. Different situations that haven't helped that, you know, and that's why I say like again, it to I think James said it. You know, James was getting at the point that you know if Rudy would just say things like we, it would help a lot. I think that Rudy yeah. could do a lot of things that would help a lot. Like I think that's the tragic part about Rudy Gobert and and what the way he's going about things. Like I think that. If on the floor he just acted more friendly with yes. his teammates, I'm not yeah. screw the team they're playing. Yeah, go kill them. But like with your teammates, like like be be kinder, be be more positive. Yes, and you will see a better result from that. But but leaning on them constantly and yelling and, and the bitching at the officials and it's just it's just this kind of storm almost, this sort of cloud over the team when he acts that way, and that's rough. That's hard to deal with. Yeah, and I, I think they just you know what you know what would help, honest to God, if he would if they would just throw the ball to Rudy and he would have success, that would have changed so many narratives about this team. But it just has not happened. I mean, uh, the other night in LA with Donovan's ankle early in that game, he clearly was having trouble in the pick and roll. Him and Rudy like ran into each other one yeah. time and like it's just awk they're awkward together. And you don't see Rudy, you know, chest bumping or fist bumping Donovan Mitchell almost ever. I mean, that I, I think, Spencer, I think you're exactly right. Uh, Spencer also says, I've seen at least half a dozen turnovers in the fa- past few games that were attributed to Don, but really it was just him trying to get the ball to Rudy and Rudy couldn't handle it. Yeah, when, Rudy, has, I, his skill of catching the basketball off of the, off of the pick and roll has really slipped. Like, I feel like he's had a lot of balls – that he's bobbled or yeah. just gone through his hands or he's not as a seven footer. It's very difficult to catch a ball that's on the ground. So throwing him a bounce pass the other night, I think Jordan Clarkson tried to throw him a bounce pass. It was it's a disaster. Air, it's gotta be up in the air. Um, but he's, yeah, he's turned into a bobbler of the basketball lately. It's, it's kind of odd because I've never thought about that. Like Deandre Ayton just can't catch a basketball. The sun's the sun center. Deandre Ayton just does not catch the ball. Well, Rudy's got massive hands, and he usually catches the ball pretty well, but here lately, he is not. And it's actually, I think, part of the reason he's been negative for, I think, eight out of his last nine games, he's been negative. Yeah. Uh, and I think a lot of it is his inability to catch and finish at the rim. Yeah. And he gets stripped a lot because he's got a terrible habit of bringing the ball down to his chest, which and, and is never – we saw that in Boston. You know, I, I think another thing that we should talk about before we leave this conversation is there are a lot of little things on this team, like not bringing the ball down, that could be corrected. I think that that's worth noting. Like, fundamentals, you know, Fundamentals yeah. that, that could be corrected. But that's why I think when people ask, hey, is it the coaches or, or is it the players? You can't tell me that the coaching staff doesn't work with their bigs on keeping the ball above their shoulders. That is a core fundamental of bigs in basketball. You know, like you can't tell me that that they don't work on pick and roll angles and how to execute these. I know they do. Floor spacing is a tenant of yeah. Quinn Snyder's offense. Yeah. And and th- but this is why your guy Pascal. Yeah. 
is such a problem. That was, because that was boneheaded the other night, no he, doubt. But it's routine for him that he's in the wrong spot. And Trent Forrest as well. And, I, man, that shot Trent took the other night from Rudy. Jeez, Louise. But Trent Forrest is often in the wrong spot as well. Like, you, you'll notice if you watch the game tonight, he Trent's probably not going to play. But, I, I mean, I think you see a lot of times where they're having to wave him through the paint. I do think, though – they, that's true, but I, I think that they could turn Trent into a into a uh, a good contributor. Like over the course of this off season, it will be on him. You know, I would love to see him go and work with Brickley. I don't know if he's got that kind of bread, but like I would love to see him go and work with Brickley um, and work on that mid range. Work on his shot overall. Because, if Elijah Hughes is paid enough to work with Chris Brickley, well, you never know. Dude. I'm gonna guess. You never know. You never know. Again. Who the hell knows? On a surface level, yes, he should have the money. But yeah. who the hell knows what he does in his free time? I don't know. I think it's incumbent on all these guys to develop in the offseason. You just don't you don't practice as much as you used to. Because you don't have a you don't have four or five days off at a time nope. anymore. No. Nope. When I covered the NBA full time very early in my career with the Bulls, they had three, four days off at a time. So you were practice you were you were taking a day off and then you were practicing two days. You know, like, and you were getting in, you were getting in big man development. Like they, it, it, you know, the Lakers, when Shaq was with the Lakers, um, he would go off to the all-star break and they do a big man camp. You know, they'd bring in it, it, like guys that you would practice, you would work on this stuff when you had extended amount of times. So now guys just don't do that. Guys, they don't, the atmosphere in the NBA has become so player centric. Yes. That you don't have. The ability as a, a coach or a general manager to say, hey, okay, during the All-Star break, you guys, we're really going to drill and we're going to work on floor spacing and assignments. And, yeah. you know, like that's when you put in things like zone defenses. When Don and Rudy are off at the All-Star game, have your have your bottom eight guys on the roster working working on things, working on zones, working on pick and roll but spacing. But see, those two guys don't like each other, and that's why that's not going to happen. I agree. I, I, I just think that th we've gotten away from that. So you see Donovan Mitchell working with David Alexander, the, the renowned trainer, LeBron's trainer, um, in Miami in the offseason. You see Don working with him. You see Don working with Chris Brickley in New York. Yeah. Um, you see him with Chris Johnson in L.A. Like Don is putting money into his body and his game, and that's why he's growing. What you see is Rudy Gobert going off to the Olympic tournament last summer and – not doing well, not developing. Um, you know, everybody plays that video of, of Rudy Gobert shooting all those threes out of the corner at the Olympic tournament in, in their practice. And I'm just like, is that what we want Rudy Gobert working on? And this is the problem with Rudy in this conversation about jump shooting. He's saying, oh, I can shoot jumpers. Okay, that's cool. I don't want you to shoot jumpers. I want you to be able to dribble a basketball. Yeah. Work on footwork. I want you to have an offensive game in the restricted area. Work exactly right. Yeah. Exactly. Work on footwork. Like you look at guys around the league last night and you're seeing guys that get into the paint and dunk the basketball like Daniel Tice last night. Yeah. Getting into the paint with footwork and dunking a basketball like you. That's all you do. You understand what I'm about to say is so moronic in my mind. All we need Rudy Gobert to do offensively is be fucking Daniel Tice. And we would not be, do you know how happy we would all be if that was what, if that's all he needs to be. Yeah. Anyway, I'll stop. I'll, I'll stop. Uh, wow. Comment dump. Thank you for that. Uh, Eric and Raleigh says that sounds like a great smoothie Snyder. Be, and he said that because, uh, Simone lot 
says Snyder is like bad milk. He's expired and not good anymore. Wow. 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 He's an elite NBA coach. Trust me. Rob's official says little Don is selfish and needs to go. All right. All right. So let's do it in the comment section. First of all, if you're here, give us a thumbs up. Make sure you subscribe. We're giving away a PS5 when we get to 5,000. Yeah. In the comment section right now, Rudy or Don. You can only have one who you who you're rolling with. You know what I'm going to say. Team Don. Hondo P, I'm Team Don. Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Oh, Don is a, see, you make me do things that I don't want to do. Well, fucking A. Yeah. Um, I'm Team Don, a Hondo P, man, because he's an elite generational player on on the offensive end. He is a willing, growing defender. Um, He is a guy that has shown the ability to pass and bring up the, the, the ability of his teammates. And he's only going to get better at all three of those things. I think Rudy Gobert is at his ceiling. Um, I don't see Rudy Gobert ever being a guy that can be a 25. He should be a 25-point-a-night guy. 25 and 15 every night. He should, But I'm telling you, the guy should be 25 and 20 every single night. On a team that shoots 43s a game? Yeah. Are you kidding me? But you notice the stat lines you get. You'll get a night where he does nine points. 11 points. Jeremy Jeremy Bolton says Hundo P with Caruso. Well, yeah. I mean, you throw in a superstar and it's tough to not, you know. Um, Rob's official says Rudy. Uh, Simone Lott says Don. Giggity says Don all day. Jonathan Price says Don. Trade Rudy this offseason. James Knight says Joe Ingles. Well, yes. duh. Um, Rudy Sanchez says Dandy Daddy Don. Daddy, Daddy Don. <laughs> Jesus. Daddy daddy i saw another one of those videos on tiktok the other day and a guy got punched in the face he walked up behind a guy at walmart and whispered in his ear daddy daddy and the guy turned around and punched him in the face it was amazing it was amazing uh eric and Raleigh says no the yogurt and peanut butter mix sounds like a great smoothie oh it was it was really good uh hundo p with caruso but Jeremy also says Don all day. Cooper Royal says Rudy's a liability in every way. Eh, he's a rim protector. No doubt about that. Giggity says Judy is too soft to build a team. Judy. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God, Giggity. How about the Suns, though? How about my Phoenix Suns? Your How Phoenix Suns. My, my guy. Anybody watch Devin Booker last night? <laughs> yeah, play the daddy drop. Oh. Yeah. Devin Booker daddy. last night. Yeah. Like, I was sending Jake pictures of books just to be a dick. Yeah. Because he was going off. He played so well last night. Don, but he is way too sensitive, Brandon Whiteside says. Uh, Cody Strickland says, exam over exam over Don for real, and i rather have Cantor over Rudy. Oh, you mean Exum? Oh, stop it. Stop it. Cody... Don't no, we're not we're not humoring that. Next comment. No. Next Josh comment. Lovren says Donovan, but I think the Jazz will trade uh Don because of his value. Cody Strickland says, Can we please get back to Hood? You mean Rodney Hood? Um Ruff's official says little Donna fanboys. Absolutely, I am a fanboy of Donovan Mitchell. Donnie, it, you're out of your element. I believe in the guy. I believe in Donovan Mitchell. I I I be, what did the, I believe in Harvey Dent. <laughs> I believe in Donovan. Yeah, do you do you have his campaign fund ready to go? Uh, or? You know. Uh, oh, James, you're a jerk. James Knight says, I'll take Don if he learns when he's out of timeouts. Donnie, please. <laughs> wow, that's cold. And if he learns when he can move and not move on the inbound. By the way, by the way, just just. 
for a point, he's never living that down. Never. Never. Never, dude. Ne- they Chris, will, has Chris Webber lived it down? No. They will joke about Don making that mistake for a long time. John Jackson says, according to Holly, the Jazz have the best team in the world ever. Never. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Cody Strickland says, I'm a Donovan fan. I think he will be great and win titles, but not for the current Jazz now. No, no. this current Jazz team's done. And that's why we titled the video today, you're watching the end of an era of jazz basketball. Yeah. You truly are. I mean, I look around the NBA, and I I just don't know how – the jazz are in the sixth spot now. So you're you're staring down the pipe at – I'm telling you, I know it seemed ridiculous yesterday when I said it, the playing tournament is not far away. They're not not far away, dude. Stop it. Tell me me I'm being ridiculous. You're being ridiculous. Well, then I'm happy to be. Because this team is not far from that. I'm telling you right now. It was it was six, eight weeks ago that we were called idiots for saying they were going to be in the sixth spot. This team keeps going. I, the play-in's right there. It's two and a half games. They're two and a half ahead of, of many. Two and a half games. So so I just want to make this point again. Because next week, if they're in the play-in tournament, I'm, I'm going to be relentless about it. I never thought I would say this. The Minnesota Timberwolves miss Malik Beasley. Yes, they do. They miss Malik Beasley. Uh, but they've lost two in a row. But you know what? Listen, I think the T-Wolves are great. Right now, if the season ended today, it'd be the Mavericks and the Jazz. Yeah. So Scary. I'm. T- but if you run into the Golden State Warriors in the playoff, is anybody paying attention to Jordan Poole right now? I mean, are you, do you? Does anybody even know who Jordan Poole is? Do you guys see what he's doing? Jordan Poole is messing MFers up. Yes. Like, he is unbelievable Everybody right now. Everybody thinks that the Warriors are not good because Clay tore his Achilles after tearing the ACL. Well, that's a guy that, by the way, the ball's going in the hole now. Yeah, I'm telling you. The, the days of, hey, I tore my Achilles and my career is over, those days are gone. Kevin Durant showed us that, right? Clay Thompson is showing us that. Kobe showed us that. It, it, it the days of that are over it's done it's, uh, mamba please yeah um jordan Poole last night seven of 15 from three. Oh. Nine of 10 from the free throw line nine rebounds seven dimes a steal he's a playmaker dude only two turnovers 38 points playmaker jordan Ooh. Poole, 38 points dude against two the suns the phoenix suns who by the way their leading scorer last night was Devin Booker. Um, yeah, two of eight from three though. Oof. Twenty-two points on twenty-one shots. Not good. Not good. Nice. And game, then though. there's Mikael Bridges, who um, eight of fourteen from the floor, twenty-two points. Like this is what's wrong with the Jazz right now. DeAndre Ayton, sixteen points and sixteen boards. Yeah. Like he's giving you performances. Rudy's not. Oh. Like, man. By the way. Golden State is off until Sunday huh. when they play the Utah Jazz. Mm. So they're going to be well-rested. And there's some folks who think that the Jazz should win that game. No. No, it's I don't feel good about that game. I don't feel good about that game at all. I really don't. And by the way, if um, Nikola Jokic didn't wrap up the MVP last night, he'll never win it again. Yeah. Because... <laughs> I'm t- this Western Conference, I mean, it's excellent. It's deep, and I know it was only Indiana, and they clearly played down to their competition. But the Denver Nuggets scored 125 points, 37, 
13 and 9 for Nikola Jokic. Yeah. 37 points on 19 shots for my guy. 15 and 19 for the dad by God. Yeah. 10 boards, 9 assists, 2 steals, a block. He That's did quite have, enough. We get it. Yeah, we get it. You're fine. He did have 7 turnovers. Yeah. All but right. My Lord. And by the way, Bones Highland is legit. That's actually his name, by the way. Yeah, so you know. Bones. Bones. For all the people out here out there who don't know who that is. You should probably his name is his literal first name is Bones. He's really good. Twenty points, seven dimes, four boards, a steal and a block. (laughs) You know. Who who do you think you are? Tyrese Maxey? Yeah. And then there's (laughs) and then there's Bridges and Charlotte just windmilling on the Knicks last night. You know. Yeah. How about though Miami beat up on Boston? It's a great game. Miami beat up on Boston last night. Like I look at that these games like Luka Doncic. I hate you in your face, and I want to punch you. Your mom's hot though. I'd hit that. Uh, But anyway, me. Uh, Dallas won again last night. He should get more run for MVP. I can't stand Luka at all. He should get more run for dude. They're showing the highlight of this Sacramento and Houston game. Oh, it was awesome, dude. This is just like a dunk fest last night. Wild. Yeah, I was. I, Sacramento isn't good, but they're fun to watch. They are. As is Houston. Houston's not good, but they're fun to watch. Yeah. I mean, for sure. All right. Can we, um, A, get you guys to give us a thumbs up right now on this Do video, it. please? It really helps the channel grow. Um, Jake, you're still an idiot. LOL. Just kidding. Thank you. James Knight. He's just a hack. Jazz by 20. King Ning says, uh, Don, Nikola Jokic, fat. Yeah. He's not fat, actually. In really good shape. Fat. Talking with Raphael podcast. World Cup is around the corner. How about Team USA is actually going to be in the U.S. Men's National Team? One. Uh huh. They're going to be in. Who knew? You said elite coach, but he has steadily declined and still doesn't make adjustments. Samoan Lot says plays favorites and hit with his terrible rotations and the defense of his team has gotten worse. Quinn Snyder has had the same group of guys for five years. Same question I'd pose to everybody. What adjustments do you want him to make when he's got the exact same guys he had? I think it's very difficult to make adjustments. Um, where do you want to go from here? Uh, Tom Brady ma- firing Bruce Arians? The Masters. Okay, let's talk golf. Golf. Um, by the way, it's playing golf. It's not going golfing. Just yeah. so you know. I had a friend, Rob Weiser, who used to say, "Don't we're not going golfing. You don't go basketballing. You play basketball and you play golf. 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 It's not golf. It's golf. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Tiger Woods has been playing rounds all week at Augusta National. We hate women and minorities. Um, (laughs) What? It's true. Uh, At Augusta National, (laughs) ahead of the Masters next week. Yeah. And he's been playing with Charlie, who looks just like him, and the mannerisms and stuff. Um, My question is, do you (laughs) – Nothing? No. Do you care about the Masters? Do you do you want Tiger to play in the Masters? Are you excited about it? Now that uh, lopping heads off Mickelson isn't going to play in the they tournament. They cut people's heads off, Dick. Just, just so you know. Sorry. My bad. Sorry. cut Sorry. people's heads off. That was too much. Um, I'm actually excited for Tiger to play golf again. I hope he plays the Masters. Yeah. I, generally speaking, I'm excited for the Masters. It would be great if Tiger played again. Um. But we'll see. I mean, I think that's probably why he's practicing there all week. That makes sense. But, you know, we'll see. I think that Tiger Woods Tiger Woods is is still the face of golf, whether we want to admit that or not, you know, and, and, and golf needs a new face. They, they they do. There's not a 
I mean, there are names. There are guys that you know, but there is yep. not another Tiger Woods yet. And maybe there never will be, but I'm just saying that there needs to be a new face of, of golf. And there's, I, I don't think there is. I, I mean, again, it was supposed to be Spieth several years ago or, or, you know, Ricky Fowler, uh, Dustin Johnson. You know, I mean, you've got all these guys. But nobody's really stepped into that role for golf. And that's why I think, you know, Tiger playing the Masters is a great thing. All right, Barry's regressed to the mean. He wants, oh, good, to, he good. wants to know why I'm surprised he's being nice. He says he's a nice guy. I'm sure you are. Yeah. Uh, we just don't see that often in the comments. Uh, my point is, uh, I'm excited for Tiger. I think his story of redemption, winning the Masters, what, three years ago? I think. Was unbelievable. Um, and I agree with you. I don't think an American has stepped up and filled the role of being the face of American golf and golf. And until that happens, you know, yes, Americans, it's going to be Tiger. I think Phil Mickelson had that chance. Yeah. Well, and he's just become such a money grubbing fool. Too over, bad. Over yeah, over this Saudi golf thing that. I think it damaged golf. I really do. You want to stick it to people, and this is what happens. I want to stick it to Luca's mom. Yeah. Uh, but the point is, it it this is what happens. I just think it it it. Charlie Woods is going to have one of the most difficult careers ahead of him ever, because he's going to play golf. There's no doubt about that. He's or excuse me, he's going to golf as right. a professional. Right. Right. The Masters. Right. The Masters. Um. You know, it it's just interesting to me that. There's so many people who gravitate to Tiger Woods because he was elite. And the other thing I think is so relatable about Tiger Woods, and I think this is why Bill Clinton's still revered as a politician in this country, is because he's very relatable as a human being. Uh. To men, he's very relatable. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> who wouldn't want to do what Tiger Woods got to do? Well, I wouldn't. I don't oh, like. Oh, man. I can't ever see myself hiring a professional. Are you out of your goddamn mind? Like paying a hooker for sex. You're Tiger Woods and you paid a hooker. How? No, you banged a Perkins waitress. How? By the dumpster, sir. Some shit happened. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm going through some shit right now. Yeah. But my point is, I can't see, I can't see doing that, but he, he's, Tiger Woods is super relatable. Yeah. Like, he's a guy that I think everybody relates to the issues that he's had. And I think guys relate to his life. He drives he's nice a cars. real one. Yeah. You know, he's he, he's he's on the real Hundo P, bro. Y'all feel me? I do. Uh, but the point is that I think that's why so many people hang on to Tiger Woods. Yeah. I think Phil Mickelson's not relatable at all. No, I think I Phil think, Mickelson is a one percenter. I think John Daly's relatable. Phil Mickelson is not. John Daly's not really relatable to me, but you think he's relatable? Did you just call me old? No. I think you did. He's a bum. He is a bum. <laughs> God damn, that guy knows how to party. Yeah, dude. You know, like I, I think there's a lot in that. And I, I think that I think really that's why that's why Michael Jordan was such a huge star. That's why if you go back through your fandom, the the guys like Connor McGregor, Connor McGregor's just a dude who happens to have a lot of money. Like Phil Mickelson is but at, an in elitist. His heyday, though, in his heyday though, Connor was relatable to a lot of people because of before he before the stardom really hit like Connor's path was very relatable to your average Joe because he literally started in a hole in the wall gym in Dublin like I mean that's where his journey began but again he changed once the stardom hit obviously now he's a different person but yeah, yeah but I think he's still that guy though I mean he's getting in bar fights and 
you know, he's paying for people's college tuition and yeah. throwing railings through bus windows. Like, I mean, I, I think on it to a lot of people, that kind of behavior is, is relatable. No. Yeah. I mean, it, it may be, it's not that relatable to me. I would never see myself throwing something like that or, or doing all the antics he did in the Diaz and Nurmagomedov situation. But I think that that Connor is, I love, I loved Connor. I loved what, what he was about. You know, I did not love the throwing stuff through a window and, and talking about, you know, killing Poirier in the ring and Hey, your wife is in my DMS. I didn't like all that antics out of Connor, you know that, but yeah. again, a lot of that, like how much of that is, is showmanship and, and entertainment and, you know, WWE type stuff, you know, w. up that alley. So, w. you know, I just, I, I thought that Connor, I like Connor. I don't love Connor. Who's your favorite athlete, Kevin Durant? Um, I would say Kobe then Kevin Durant. Kobe is still. I don't even, know if you know this. Kobe's even dead. Even in the ground, he's, he's not, still. He's dead. Yeah, but what he stood for and, and what and what he was about, I think, lives on. And Does that, the rape accusation bother no, you? Doesn't bother me even a little bit. I never okay. think about it. It was too long ago at this point, you know. And I think, by the way, he did he did a ton to, you know, rectify his his image. I think. Okay, and I don't. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Um, I, but when I think about relatable stars right now, I don't know that there are a whole lot. Like, I listened to Machine Gun Kelly on um, the Stern Show on Sirius yesterday. I had to drop Mrs. Monty off at the airport and on the way back. Um, driving down, bang, get her highway. Bang, get her. Bang, bang get her. Um, um, I was listening to Howard Sterney have Machine Gun Kelly on, and, and I hated Machine Gun Kelly until I heard that interview. And he talked about his life and, you know, his mom and his dad and, you know, his struggles and banging Megan Fox and, you know, like all <laughs> this know. stuff and just the, the things that he deals with as a celebrity. Like, he's very relatable. Howard Stern is incredibly relatable. Like, when I think about famous people, like this, this dick Will Smith is not relatable at all. I think Will Smith is a fraud. Um, and this story about how the Oscars is going to punish Will Smith one way or the other because now we know that, you know, when he got off stage after he bitch slapped Chris Rock, I'm surprised Chris didn't do anything to stop that. I thought Chris handled it well. I I think he probably did. But, um, you know, when you, you think about what they did afterward, we know now. The Academy and its staff, the people who run the Oscars, asked Will Smith to leave. And he refused to get out of his seat. And that's a very bad thing. And I think that Will Smith should be punished severely. Um, I think that we don't seem to understand how serious that situation was. Like he committed, he committed an assault. Yeah. I mean, he walked up on stage on national television and slapped another man in anger. But let me pose this question. When we were talking about this, what was that earlier this week? You had said that, you know, Hollywood is fake, basically. Like it is. Hollywood is, you know, dreamland, essentially. Because it is. Totally it is. So how do you, like, is does it not seem like a double standard in some senses? That, you know, hey, Hollywood's fake, but Will Smith is, you know. He no, I think he's quintessential frog guy. Yeah. And I think when you, when you understand that Will Smith was roundly applauded and cheered in that theater, it's disgusting. Because you're a fraud. And then you guys all come out of the theater and you're like, oh, that was terrible. I can't believe that Will Smith would do such a thing. 
I am appalled and offended on every fiber of my being. Oh. Hey, uh, so uh, then why were you clapping? Well, there is a certain level of decorum. Um, I was clapping for the film itself. What the fuck are you talking about? No, you're a fraud who clapped because that's what you do. You stand up and you clap and you support each other no matter what. And Will Smith should have been kicked out of the theater. They should have said, well, guess what? We're not going to allow you on stage to win your Oscar if you win. Um, and if you don't leave and you win, we will strip you of that Oscar. Um, and nobody will win that award. And it will tarnish the film even more than you have by committing an aggressive physical assault on Chris Rock. But they didn't do that because we don't want to make a scene. <laughs> right? Like, Hollywood is plastic. It's not real. They're, a, honest to goodness, they're a bunch of frauds. And it is shocking to me that now you're going to go back and punish him. And I think they should. I think they should strip his Oscar from him. It's not fucking real. And I think right. you should. Right. Yeah, one of the big honors is, hey, you won an Oscar. The next year you get to present the Oscar that you won to the current winner. So like whoever best actor is next year, whoever best supporting actress is next year, the trophy is going to be handed to them by the person who won it this year. It's a huge honor. Will Smith should not be allowed to present that award next year. And I do think he should be stripped of his Oscar. And people people yesterday were like, well, that doesn't mean he's not an Oscar winner. Yeah, it fucking does. Because what are people going to remember about the year that Will Smith won the Oscar? Oh, yeah, that's the year that he attacked Chris Rock on stage. What do people remember about Reggie Bush and USC and them getting stripped? Oh, Reggie got all this money, and Reggie had this, and Reggie had that. It's the same situation with Will Smith if they, if they choose to do that. And I think that that is how it should be. I, I think... You know, there's a lot of people, celebrities, you know, on Twitter who are like, yeah, I would never after Will Smith did this, I would never present, you know, to a crowd because I don't want to be slapped. Wow. Jeff Johnson says, I just thought it was nice for once that the victim in Hollywood was not a minor. Oh, <laughs> wow. Wow. Cold blooded. Keep it real. Uh, Josh Lovren says Jim's Car Jim Carrey interview on Will Smith was solid. Yes, it was. Yeah. Uh, Ethan Larson says the slap happened in California. Of course, nothing will happen. Probably true. Cody Strickland says if it wasn't for Will Smith, um, for Will Smith's slap, I would never have known the Oscars happened. That's probably true. That's why what Ricky Gervais said a few years ago at the Oscars was right on point. Hollywood has no clue what real life is. They're all frauds. I agree. I agree. I totally agree. Yep. It just it it, it is it's so fake. it's not fucking real. Like yeah, it's it's, it's not real. It's fake. It's not real. It's it's absolutely true that it is it is in my mind it is the one of the biggest problems is is that you don't have the ability to hold people accountable. Yeah. And if you can't hold people accountable, I I really just don't know what the point is it's not fucking real real quick right? on, real quick on bruce arians anybody surprised bruce arians retired yesterday because i'm not at all because we had heard in the offseason that tom brady and bruce arians didn't like each other yeah and that tom retired because he hated bruce arians so my guess is jason light and the owner owners of the bucks went to tom brady uh, Jason Licht, excuse me, the general manager, and said, hey, 
If you come back, Bruce Arians will be moved into the front office. You won't have to play for him. And Tom was able to pick his head coach. Yeah. And Todd Bowles, the defensive coordinator, promoted to head coach. Byron Lefwich returns as the offensive coordinator. Tom Brady's happy, happily ever after in a Tampa Bay Bucks uniform. Yep. I am not surprised by this at all. Handling business. Yeah, doing doing what you doing what you're supposed to do. Yeah. As Ice Cube used to say. Yes. Um, I'm not surprised by this at all. Because I'm not a Bruce Arians guy. And I know everybody in Phoenix is like, oh, Bruce Arians. He's amazing. Excuse me. Um, it's B.A., please. Oh, I'm sorry. B.A. In his Kangol hat. Oh, look at that Kangol hat. Nice glasses. Oh, those glasses. Daddy. He's amazing. I've never thought he's that amazing. I think that Bruce Arians, congratulations, you won a Super Bowl. All right, cool, man. Who's the next head coach? Because <laughs> it is what it is. Right. Tom Brady won that Super Bowl. And Bruce Arians would not have a, a ring as a head coach without it. We're on to Cincinnati. Truth of the matter. And I think Bruce Arians is a good, not a great head coach. He's a terrible manager of people. And I just think it is what it is. Uh, Casey Finland says, says, sad news about Bruce Willis. His disease sounds so scary. Well, yeah. yeah, how about that? He's got a disease. And it's usually related to like a severe traumatic brain injury. Um, or a disease of of the brain. Yeah. But it takes your ability to communicate away. It means that you lose motor skill. You can't talk. Like, yeah. it's brutal. It's brutal. And Scary. Bruce Willis is going through that. Um, so, yeah, good luck to him. I just, yeah, terrible. I wonder what would happen if someone made a an Alec Baldwin joke at the Oscars. That's not funny. That's not funny. No. Too far. Um, Too far. Too far. How's the lovey-dovey? Great. Yeah, great. Clicking right along. Clicking right along. It's not. There's not a huge update. You guys getting engaged anytime soon? No. You, I mean, you say you love. Okay, so you guys said I love you to each other. Yes. So is it now like, oh, I love you. Hey, what's for breakfast? I don't know, but I love you. Y'all feel me? Hey, I got to pee. And after that, I'm going to come back and tell you I love you. Yeah. Is that how it is? No. Are you guys just like constantly, no, I, mean, I not, love you. Not left and right. I love you. No. Hey, um thanks for dinner i love you no i i think it's i i, I it's not that I love you, it's honey. not like that no honey i love you yeah no it's not like that what is uh -huh. it what's yeah exactly what's it like no, I, I think it's a normal cadence i think it's a normal cadence yeah like when you i leave, love you yeah when you, you say leave. it aggressively in aggressive cadence i love you yeah, like how often we're saying it is you know it's mm. a normal amount it doesn't feel I extra love you. yeah it doesn't feel extra sweetie yeah doesn't okay. feel extra that's cool. Yeah, that's fine. We found out yesterday that air conditioning is really expensive. I, 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 I'm excited to open a business. Right. I'm excited to open a business. It ain't cheap. <laughs> and, I, you know, I'm living on this mantra that we just have to get the front door open. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that... Oh, wait, wait, wait. Giggity wants to know. Um, I'll ask again. Have you been ripping ass in front of each other? That's when you know it's true love. Uh, yes. Oh, you have? Yeah, we have. Okay, congratulations. Thank you. Um, so opening a business isn't cheap. So we're going into a new build situation. It is, they're being, it's being built from the ground up. It's a huge thing. The landlord is requiring us to buy the uh, HVAC system for the building. And apparently that's the norm. 
and it's because it's a restaurant and we have to have vacuum fans in there. They're saying that, well, that requires a special HVAC system. I'm like, well, no, it requires a special unit. I don't want to pay to cool the entire building. And they're like, well, yeah, man, that's what it is. So that's like a $30,000 bill. Uh-huh. And we talked to a contractor yesterday. It was like, yeah, you know, we're all just sitting around because the HVAC units aren't available and they won't be for many months. We'd have this place done if we had air conditioning units. <laughs> so let me get this right. So I just took out a huge loan. I've signed a lease and I'm going to wind up paying for that loan in that lease without making any money because we're going to have to sit on air conditioning units. Like it's, it's, I, what do you do? Yeah. I, I think, what it, do I, you do? I, yeah. There's not, you, you, it, it's part of the process and it's uncomfortable. It's not fun. It costs money, you know, it's but, like 30 G's. But again, you, you, before we went into this process, we were all saying, Hey, we'd rather, we'd rather try and not make it than not try. So, yes. you know, I think that it's, it's Oh, I'm not saying I don't want to like, do it. I know you're not saying you don't want to do it, but we can't, you know, and we can't be in a place where, you know, we're, we're looking at our, our happiness is dictated by how much something costs. The happiness has to be dictated by the opportunity to open the business. I would agree. So, so if, if, if I said to you, Hey, the difference between you being a gazillionaire and not is a $30,000 air conditioner unit. You would find a way to get $30,000. You got to put an air conditioning unit on top of a building. But what, so, what chaps my ass. Yeah. Is it, this is an office building setting. So are we just cooling our suite then? Like, well, why would there, why would there be a, there, it shouldn't, are, is that a legitimate conversation that we have to cool a whole building? Like that shouldn't be. I'm hoping not. There, there's no way that we would, has somebody said that or, or what? No, but what it, is, it's what goes through my jaded mind. There's no, no, we're not cooling the whole building We're it is the, it is, it is, no, we're not cooling the, the. What is it? 80,000 square feet of office space above us or whatever it is like. We're, no, we're not cooling that portion. We're, we're talking about cooling our space. That's what we're responsible for. Not the whole building, you know? Yeah. So, it's crazy to me that we're leasing this space and it's not cheap. The lease on this place is huge money. I think I was thinking about this and I think that on the surface, it's not cheap, but when you, if you were to look at it as, all right, you know, it's, it costs you five bucks to be in the best possible space with the most traffic to do the, to, to do the most money making, that's worth it than to pay a dollar and have to fight to get people through your door to yeah. me. It, and I, and I, I, obviously we're not paying to cool the whole building. I'm just being jaded. But my point is the things that you don't know that you don't know yeah. are expensive. Yeah. Well, and that was that's why it was good to talk to a contractor who is working in in that development that we're looking at. And, and I'd know. hire that guy. Yeah. But I you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna wind up taking his advice and I'm gonna wind up parting out certain trades. Like I know for a fact that I know several HVAC guys. Um, I don't know that they do commercial, but I mean, I have to believe that it, you need to you need to price that out. Yeah. And I don't know what availability on units is right now, but this guy was saying that it's like, I don't know how long did he yeah, say he said six months. 
Yeah, he said six months. And I and I think that that's hard is, for me to like, say that out loud. Yeah, I think well, but I think the thing is for us, I think it can still work because he was saying that the reason it was six months, the unit he was talking about when he said that for the particular space that we were standing in, it wasn't our space that we were standing. In, we were standing in another space that this contractor was building. Another fast casual. Another fast casual. And he was talking about the fact that the air conditioning unit that was going into that fast casual had some modifications done to it. Now, I don't know the ins and outs of the modifications. I'm not sure. But basically, in short, easy terms, the modifications done to the unit made it so that it cooled at a higher level, a more efficient level, like it operated you know, at a, at a higher level. And, and so to get that unit plus those modifications done and installed and shipped is like six months. So my question is, all right, Man. I don't know if we need those modifications because I don't know shit about air conditioning units, especially in a, in a commercial space. My hope is is that we don't, and, and the timeline is a little bit less. Even if it is six months, that still works okay in our timeline. It's not ideal, but it's okay. It can, it's still doable. You yeah. Know? So, so we just have to get, but there. we have to pay to have that craned onto the roof. We have to pay. Oh yeah. We yeah. have to pay. Cause it's a two or three story building. So we have to pay to run the duct work up and through. It's expensive. Like, for it's sure. expensive. But it again, is... I still maintain, I still maintain it is worth it for the space that we got. Cause we found a unicorn of a space yes, that, we that did. I think that is going to be just printing money and if our if our projections are anywhere near close we're gonna do quite well but man it just i might have to sell my wife to to afford to i mean it's intimidating business. when people say hey it's gonna be 30 g's <laughs> to put an air conditioning unit on the top of your building that's intimidating it is on the surface i mean that i'll then on a building i'll never own and i likely will never see the return on that unit oh yeah i mean well you know i don't know but, i mean i think that's harsh you're gonna you're gonna be using it every single day yeah. Like, yeah, you will. So That's I, I true. You know, like I, I, it's true. No, I can't. Jeff says, by the way, when are you going to announce the business? Can't We're all curious. Yet. Can't do can't it. Can't do it yet. There's all time. Probably, timing. probably, I don't know. What do you think? A month? At least. Uh, Ethan Larson says, hey, I'm an HVAC contractor. If you need any help, we had to put a rooftop unit on a building. A customer was renting and he had to pay for it. Yeah, Ethan, that's true. Yeah, DM us. DM yeah, us. Yeah, DM Please, me, the Monty Show. M DM Jake. SLC Supercars. Yeah, we're looking on, for people. On Insta or Twitter, SLC Supercars. Yeah. Casey says, to get good prices, it's about who you get, right, Ethan? Oh, that's absolutely 100%. true. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Every guy's different. Uh, Casey said, no, you don't have to cool the whole building if the ductwork is correct. You're only, yeah, you're going to cool your own space. Uh, Casey says, at BYU, we're ordering parts that will not be available till August. That feels good. But see, that but that works. See, this is my point. If, 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 if we get to a place where they say, hey – your unit will be available August, July. That's perfect. Yeah, that'd be that great. That works fine. We have time. The thing right now is, is, is we got to get, you know, we got to get an, an, uh, an AC guy out there to, to say, okay, this is the unit you need based on the concept you're opening. Cause that's what dictates it. Your, your, your AC unit has to be able to fulfill your needs in whatever business you're running. So in a food business, you're probably going to need a better AC unit than in a, you know, a nail salon, let's say. Or well, like yeah, a, in, a, in our know. in our situation, we are a food business, so we have to have vacuum ventilation. Yeah. Um, and we have to filter that air. So there's a whole different carrier for that. There's a whole different ductwork and setup. Yeah. And it has to be fire rated and all this other. Th in other words, they want to take more of your but money. But the good news about this whole <laughs> thing is they do want to take more of your money. I 100% agree. And that sucks. But the good news is, is that you only typically have to do this stuff one time. Yeah, that's it's it. It's not a, you know, constant thing. 
but this is, nice. is going to be half a million bucks of a build out. That's my, yes. that's what I'm really worried about that. This is going to be half a million dollars in a build out. Like it is substantial and, and that's on top of our franchise fees. That's on top of the human costs, the food costs to get the doors open. Like, yeah, it, it is. But I think we're out the door at half a million dollars. I really do. And that's why I'm saying like, I'm pinching my pennies. I'm saving every penny that I can. Yeah, I really am. So anyway, yeah. DM us. I, I, I yeah. don't, I, I would love to talk to Ethan. Uh, Rob's official says Don drama queen, Mitchell. Brett Robbins says Royce buckets O'Neal. Okay. Okay. Uh, Cody Strickland says, what are you guys doing? I thought you were getting a Jack in the box. Yeah. I would love well, a Jack in the were, box, but yeah. Yeah. And then they, it turns out that's like $5 million to open. So, you know, Brett Robbins says, Rudy, same shit. Go bear. Yeah. Seriously. Wow. Casey says the food business needs a couple of separate things. Air exhaust plus fresh air added. Most likely a rooftop unit and an exhaust fan. Correct. Yeah. All right. Play the music. We got to go. We got to roll out this piece. Always a pleasure to speak with you, my friends. Are we doing a show tomorrow or not? No, we're going somewhere tomorrow. All right. Until Monday, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.